Welcome back to Let's Talk About Skills, Baby, the podcast where we discover what skills can help you live your best life. I am your host, Kelly Ryan Bailey, and each week I chat with inspiring visionaries about the skills that make them successful. You'll get a firsthand account of how they develop those skills, as well as their innovative approaches to improving skills-based hiring and learning around the world. Now, let's talk about skills, baby. This week, we're joined by Fumbi Chima. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good too. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I would love to do a quick introduction about Fumbi so everyone knows who she is. With more than 25 years of leadership and technology experience in both the retail and financial sectors, Fumbi currently serves as BECU's Executive Vice President and Chief Information Officer. As CIO of Washington's largest credit union, Fumbi is responsible for leading the organization's technology strategy, information security, and IT operations for its nearly 2,500 employees. Prior to BECU, she served as CIO at Adidas in Germany, where she led a customer-centric digital transformation, creating and operating an agile digital foundation. Before joining Adidas, Fumbi served as CIO for several other global organizations, including Fox Network Group, Burberry, Walmart Asia's Business Operations, and American Express's Global Corporate Technologies. And in addition to technology, Fumbi's background showcases a dedication to diversity, women's empowerment, and inclusion. In her previous role, she developed mentoring opportunities for women in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Fumbi is also a sought-after speaker on topics ranging from the CIO's role in the executive suite to making digital part of an organization's culture. This is so fantastic. Even as I read through this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just so excited to dig into this conversation today, Fumbi. So (laughs) thank you. You know what? When you were reading it, it almost felt like you're speaking about somebody else. So <laughs> I, I feel humbled that it's not it's not just me because I sit in a lot of people's shoulders. So I'm glad to be doing what I do because it's important work for especially young females yes. that they can reach the optimum if they still set their mind to it. So it's a privilege to be here this morning. It's so true. And I share that same passion with you on really lifting up young women and showing them what is possible in life. I'm sure that we will geek out over technology as well, (laughs) but multiple reasons why I'm excited. So I got to list off these wonderful highlights of your life, but I'd love to learn more about the journey. What led you to where you are today? You know, that's an excellent question because I think I'd say that my journey was accidental. You know, I started as a liberal arts student, you know, politics, philosophy, minor in economics. It was like, what the heck does I want to do with technology? And then accidentally fell my way into accountancy and that was great. And I geeked over the technical aspect of accountancy and whether it's standards or technical accounting and distressed companies and all that. So Mm-hmm. I think my affinity was always there, but I guess never really nurtured it or really knew. And, you know, after spending many, many years as I would, what I would now deem as a recovery accountant or an auditor, mm-hmm. actually wasn't an accountant, I was an auditor. Recovery. Uh, <laughs> recovery. Yeah, I found it was like, why on earth did I get into that career? But it was one of those that I knew that when I graduated uni, 
there was several stipulations on my mother because my my mother was a widow, right? And she brought up six children and mm-hmm. very successfully in her career. And so I knew I couldn't go home and say, Mom, I'm just going to sit in my bum and do absolutely right. nothing. It was almost like, you got to get a job or you got to go do a PhD. And I knew that was, PhD was not the route I wanted to do. So back to the story of, yeah, ended up being an accountant and then going through and thinking, oh my God, if I keep doing this for the rest of my life, I end up being a boring woman. <laughs> and so I needed something exciting in my life. And, and so I joined the distressed, like corporate recovery aspect of the business which mm-hmm. is basically helping companies that are in distress and using financial acumen to help figure out how do we optimize you know how do we minimize their write-offs well what are the efficiencies we need to highlight and all that which now people look at and say it's risk management right right and if you think about the correlation to be able to help companies figure out how to best optimize them or if they were in distress and they want to get out you need data. I ended up working with technology folks because data, database, yep. IT, you know, so extrapolating its process. Mm-hmm. And that was my fascination. I was like, wow, this is cool. And so I got more and more involved in that. And ironically, people ran away from that because it was very difficult, very technical on the finance side. I loved it. And so, you know, so as I started to do more and more of that, I then discovered, you know, it might just be best to move into that aspect of the consulting world. And, and so I took the leap and said, what the heck, you know, and I never looked back since then. It's been fascinating. That is amazing. You know, there's so many things that I hear as you describe this story, knowing when something doesn't fuel your fire and the fearlessness of being able to sort of pivot and try something new and finding that passion. What was it about this sort of combination of data and finance that just lit you up? I think there's a part of complexity that I just, I find intoxicating. It's like trying to unravel difficult challenges. That's how my brain works. It's like, that's the piece of it that I'm sitting there thinking, I just want to solve difficult challenges. Who wants to do easy stuff? That's what I find peace. And so I think it takes a certain kind of person. Yes. Right. And I think that's why. If I, even if I look back and look at my career and what I have done, I've always been in companies that needs to rebuild. And it takes a certain kind of personality and human to, to kind of go through it. And that's what I enjoy. You know, I'm not one that you just keep giving me the same thing over and over again. It's not going to enthuse me. It's not going to excite me. And, and what you want to get for someone like me is that excitement because I put the passion. I put, you know, yeah. I dream strategy. And on my bedside table in the morning, and then write it down. You know, that's what tickles my fancy, as they say. Yeah, I completely understand because truly, I <laughs> I think so many of the same things. I mean, most things that people would turn away from, that just gets me excited. Is that something you can learn? Is that just something you're born with? I don't have an answer, you know, Kelly, because I think it'd be be unfair to say, oh yeah, you can do X, Y, Z. And if you go and do step A, B, C, D, you're going to get it. I think it's probably things, you've got to figure out what you like and what you don't, right? And that also equates to who you are as an individual, right? And does that mean, is that what you're born with? I don't know. Does that mean, is that what you can learn? Maybe, but it's like when you exercise the endorphins that come out of you, Sometimes get people to, you know, want to do more. 
you know, when I play sports and after a while, I just, I could play sports for a long time after yeah. I've gotten the rush. But yeah. the people that go, I just don't want to do it. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's just, it's what suits people. Once you find you. Yes. What makes you tick? What excites you? Catalyze it. I think many times we don't know what makes us tick. Mm-hmm. And I think it's our self-awareness. And, and it's taken me a journey. It's taken me many, many, many years. I'd say that I find, you know, not that I just recently found it, but I've now, I'm more conscious of that. And it's about, you know, that's the value that I bring and I'm not shy of it. It's exactly the same thing that I was thinking. Those first words that you said, you need to find it. It's going back to what you said earlier. It's funny how you said there was no plan <laughs> and it really is. It's that idea of trying to find what just sets you on fire and oh. makes you not want to stop doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's not being scared, right? Yeah. To say, here is what I want to do. Here's my aspiration. This is how I want to get, you know, help me get that, seek that help. But it's the first realization. So the admission of, yes, this is what I want. This is who I want to be right, is important. And so I think for us, it's about being confident and just going through it. I so agree. So for you, when you made this sort of pivot in your life and you found that passion, did you feel like you had, did you have to learn additional technical capabilities? Did you feel like what you brought to the table? Like how did that sort of journey happen for you? Yeah, I thought I had to relearn. So I went to learn coding. I learned, you know, logical architecture. I learned databases. I learned Mm -hmm. network because it helped validate that I knew what I was doing. But I think when I look back now, my plan at the time was I want to learn this because I'm actually going to be, I lead people and I want to be able to understand what they tell me so that, you know, as a person, as that compassionate person, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it, it paid off because the value of able to speak the business language mm-hmm. into technology. Here's what they are saying, because remember technology and business folks don't get along. <laughs> uh, we're speaking bits and bytes and like, what does that mean? And we speak in acronyms and we're adding sometimes oh, we make so it complicated. True. So yeah, true. we make it more complicated because we want those business people to look like, you know, silly. So we just yeah. use those big words. And so I'm able to translate. Yeah. Right. And then I'm able to help translate the business back into technology and vice versa. And and I think getting those groups closer together was more important. And I think that's what I was, you know, being able to do. Yeah. And then I think that's where I I felt like the value comes in. And and so yeah, so I had no regrets that I I felt like I had to learn. Yeah. And I still learn, right? Of course. It's like a constant. It's a constant thing because you're, you know, you're inquisitive of, oh my God, you know, new technology is coming. Well, it sounds like you're constantly curious with every little problem that comes your way. It's like, okay, well, how do we solve this? Yeah. And we're constantly innovating. Yeah. Right. And because I, I ascribe innovation to natural curiosity, innovation doesn't always come in to say, oh, this is the next big shiny object. Right. Innovation comes into just saying, how do you make things better? How do you refine it? Whether it's process, whether it's functionality, whether it's people, how do you refine it? Yeah. So yes, you're right. I'm, I'm constantly 
curious, trying to make things just that little bit better than it was before. So in that description of learning these technical skills so that you could bridge the communication between the business and the technical people, how did you really beef up your abilities to, you know, be that translator person, right? Because you're needing to understand the technical aspects, but you're also needing to understand the business aspects. Was that something that you learned naturally through your journey or did you have to approach understanding from that perspective in a different way? I think it was through my journey. I mean, yeah. having had a solid business background, being in finance and mm-hmm. I think that helped, right? Because mm-hmm. I look everything from that standpoint. I think I was also fortunate because of the kind of work I had done. It's really more, okay, how do you help recover, which when you're in the consulting world, yes, you help recover, but they're smart enough to say, okay, how do you help prevent? Mm-hmm. Which then leads into strategy, right? Yeah. So now all of a sudden I'm like looking at things, coming in to look at it from a big picture and then saying, okay, how do we build that big picture? But my knack of curiosity, having built so many big pictures is almost like, okay, I want to actually build. I just don't want to draw the picture. I actually mm-hmm. want to build it. And I think that piece of it then helps you kind of, pay your way through. Yeah. So how do you at, you know, and I mean, you've had so many roles at, at, at fascinating organizations, you know, how do you think through when you're looking for people to work with you on your team? What are the things that you look for? And on, you know, I think it depends on each one, quite honestly. I think in this day and age, you know, we're always looking for leaders, you know, first and foremost, it's all about leadership. Yep. You know, how do you keep an eye on when you're hiring that your team is diverse as well? I tend to ask. So I'm very specific. So they know, because I think, you know, at that level, you're not, you know, when you're entry level, you're usually applying directly and and there's an algorithm that will just pass through, right? And and there's, there's been, you know, studies to say algorithms are male dominated, but at this level, you're usually doing a one-on-one right or you yeah. doing executive search or you're using your recruiting team so you know as you're looking at those candidates as you're speaking to people you can't tell me that you can't find people of diverse nature in there then that means yeah. you're not working hard enough right yeah so I'm very very clear on I do want to see that so when you when you do you mentor young girls or do you work with organizations that help young girls get into STEM? I work with young girls. I've done a lot of mentorship with young girls and mm-hmm. I, I work with them on those individual bases. I used to work with organizations. I'd love to work with more organizations now around how do we encourage, you know, young girls, girls who code, you know, all that yeah. girl power, those organizations and how mm-hmm. to engage our organizations to do more of that. It would be a focus because at some point you can only reach so much with my time, but I think I can impact organizations greatly if I work with them more closely. Mm-hmm. So for these organizations or any young girls, of course, young people that you may have come across what I'm assuming the first thing you might say to them is to find what they love, of course, <laughs> but, but besides that, what other suggestions do you make to them as they would be embarking upon their journey of life? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think, you know, finding what the love is always, is always key, but is everything right. So it's like, 
yeah, you know, blessed to have two children and both girls. And I would say, no, is not an option. I cannot is not an option because mm-hmm. you've got to explore everything. Right. And when you explore everything, then you know what you don't like. But you can't say, I, I don't know what I like when you haven't explored anything. Right. So that's always the piece. I think part of it is perseverance, right? You know, spending that time to persevere, to really understand the areas you're in. Ask for help. Tell people what your aspirations are so that people can find ways to help you. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, speak up. Because again, back to that element of entitlement is like, oh, well, if I don't get it now, well, it's because I'm X or it's because I'm a woman or it's because I'm, you know, black mm-hmm. is because, you know, whatever, I didn't get that. Yeah, the element of that comes in, you know, but the reality is if you really are good and you prove it all right, you will stand up against all odds. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that the bias is not there, I'm not saying, but you got to do your best first. That is number one. And then everything else follows through. Yeah. And so that'll be my advice. So it's like, okay, know what you're good at. Seek help. Don't be shy. Right? Stay focused. Persevere. Because it's hard work. Yeah. It's not easy. Because you will still face the adversity. But if you know that in spite of that, this is what I should really want to do. And, you know, and it's not just, I mean, it's in anything. It's so true. Sometimes when you find your passion, that's that's the interesting thing. It's not probably what the world expected. <laughs> No, not at all. And I think, you know, for the most part of it, it would never be. Yeah. You know, I think 2020 has changed things for all of us in some respect for the better. And so let's, let's, you know, I'm always the person where the cup is half full rather than half empty. Take the positive, run with it and move on. Yeah. We're coming to the end of our time here. And before I close it out, I'm going to ask you the question, but I think I know the answer. And maybe you don't even know the answer. I'll tell you what I've heard after I hear your answer. I'm trying to think of like, what is your, I say superpower. And it's really just a skill though, right? Like what you think your superpower is. Oh, I don't know. I think my, my superpower is having the gift to be able to think big and break it into small chunks. Right. So yeah, most people, you know, you either strategist, you think big picture and you can't execute to save your life because yep. it's not something you you have been trained to. I have the ability to think big and break it into chunkable and execute against it. And that takes a certain kind of people. And then the gift of mentoring and coaching, you know, mm-hmm. people. You know, I have this thing for women. I mean, just people, not just women, actually. And just developing. I think that, that because it, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that I'd say it's another gift. So what do Definitely. you think it is? It's when I, and, and granted we've only, you know, we don't know each other that well, but what I was hearing during our conversation, I actually think your constant ability to be curious and want to figure out problems is really a superpower. That's true. You know, so the, see, I don't even see that as a superpower, right? Cause I just kind of <laughs> like, okay, but that's what we all do. Okay. I'm going to add that now. Not everybody does that, but now you can add it to your list. We, the other day, my son had to ask Alexa what Batman's superpowers were. And apparently he has no superpowers like any other superhero. His superpowers are that he is a genius, that he has top physical human form, (laughs) that he is a really good detective and he has like the tool belt and, you know, all of the special gadgets and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's it. But then when you 
at first I thought, oh, that's it. And then I was like, oh, but if we thought of ourselves that way, right? <laughs> Maybe it's not the things you expect it to be. That is true. That that is true. I'm very disappointed that Alexa did not think that Batman has superpowers. So maybe the algorithm is not as sophisticated as we. Maybe. Well, we'll so. hand that to you as a problem to solve. <laughs> <laughs> that one may be a little bit too advanced for me, but we'll we'll, we'll tackle it the next. Okay. Time. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today, Fumbi. I just want to let everybody know that if you'd like to reach out um, and follow Fumbi on her journey, she is available on LinkedIn and Instagram. And is there any other place that you'd like to mention? No, I, no, I, Instagram, I, I, I don't do tweeters. I mean, I like to, they can follow me on Twitter. I can follow them back. Uh, there, there you are. Um, but yeah, so, but that's, that's me. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Let's Talk About Skills, Baby, a Growth Network podcast production. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your community. Ratings, reviews, and suggestions are great sources of feedback and always appreciated. And please reach out and connect with me on social at Kelly Ryan Bailey. I'd love to meet you and continue the conversation. We'll be back next week with a new episode. So until then, keep growing your skills and have a great day.